Hi guys, in this week's episode of the Rise Together podcast, it's an exclusive. My opening keynote from our first ever Rise Together couples conference. We actually decided to start a couples conference in a probably unique way, and that is with an entire morning dedicated to personal growth. Because here's the deal, we don't think it's possible to be great in a relationship if you're not working on being great by yourself. So I hope you enjoy this exclusive keynote speech, and I hope that you'll take a screenshot and share it on social and tag us so we can see what you're up to and hear what you think of today's episode. Please enjoy. Hi guys, I'm Rachel Hollis. And I'm Dave Hollis. And we're married. For like 14 years. And together for 16. We have kids. Four kids. Which is like a thousand kids. We've also been foster parents to four kids as well. We're running a business together. We do a lot of things. That is a lot of things. (laughs) But we feel like it's possible, we know it's possible, to have an exceptional relationship regardless of the stresses you have in your life. That's why we decided to do a podcast together. It's called Rise Together. So if you want some tips and tricks on how we kind of get through all the things. This is it. Come on down. Here we go. (laughs) Let's talk about you personally, because here's the deal. You are not going to be able to grow as a couple if you are not growing as a person, period. So often I think that people come to moments like this and they're like, finally. Finally someone's going to tell him. (laughs) Finally someone's going to show her. Finally. I'm not talking into a vacuum anymore. We're not gonna focus on your partner right now, we're going to focus on you. We're going to focus on you, because personal growth has to be personal. First and foremost, your personal growth journey has to be personal to you. It has to make sense to you, it has to apply to your life, because I can tell you all my things, and Dave can tell you all his things, and Elise can talk to you, and Beans can talk to you, and none of it matters if it doesn't apply to your life. So for me, I, uh, I went on this journey uh, for, for who, who really didn't know who I was before you were talked into coming to this conference? You, maybe you still don't know. Cool. That's, that's awesome. Here's the thing that's, I think, really interesting. I was a food blogger. I was a food blogger. I had two little kids, and I was making casserole recipes. Anyone OG? Anyone been around since casserole days? I love it. Thank you for, thank you for hanging out with me. And so now, I've had this book go crazy, and I'm asked to speak everywhere, and and people will, like I'll do a press interview, and they'll say like, man, how do you become a motivational speaker? How do you become, and I'm like, I have no idea. Here's what happened. I was a food blogger, I had two little boys, and I really was just talking about what worked for me. So I had a blog where I would share like, hey, here's how I got my four-year-old to eat dinner and I was having massive anxiety attacks. Anyone here suffer from anxiety? Panic attacks? Depression? Let's try it again and let's all be honest. Anyone here suffer from anxiety attacks? Thank you. Panic attacks? Thank you. Depression? Thank you for your honesty. So for me, I started having really bad anxiety attacks. And on the surface, on social media, in the blog, life was perfect. My hair was blown out. My pictures looked good. My food looked beautiful. I had a staff of five. I was running this, um, at the time, high six-figure business. And I would go home at night, 
and I would get in bed and I would cry all night. And Dave has never had anxiety, so he, uh, I'm just curious, anybody, um, a partner where your, your, your partner suffers with one of these things and you don't know how to help them? Does that apply to anybody? Yeah. Where you, he used to, he would just look at me and he'd be like, babe, babe, I, I don't know how to help you. I don't know, you know, and if you are married to a hero, like I'm married to a hero, man, he wants to fix it. And he would say, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong. I just know it's bad. It was debilitating and no one knew. And it got so bad, it got to the point that I thought I was going to have to start taking medication. And I, number one, the most massive supporter of taking meds if you need to, see every doctor, do the things you need to do. But in my family, there's a really severe history of abuse of prescription medication. And so for me, that was very scary. I thought, I don't want to have to be put on medicine. And so I thought, okay, you better get a hold of yourself. And I know that there are people right now in this room who are having that conversation, who are right on this edge, where it's like, you better do something. We better do something. I better do something, because it's about to get really bad. That was me. And so I started going to therapy. And I started to run. And I read every book that there was on how to deal with anxiety. And I listened to all the podcasts and the YouTube videos. And I did everything that I could to try and get past it. And it worked. It worked. I was like, oh my, this is a real, what else is out there? Like, what else don't I know? What could I do? That was the start of my journey with personal growth. Everything, like, every single thing that you want to know how to do in your life. You want to build a bigger business? You want to get in shape? You want to be a better husband? You want to be a better wife? You want to show up well for you? Whatever you want to do exists on the internet right now for free. <laughs> it does. I have built, for real, I have built a multi-million dollar company. I have a high school diploma, okay? Thank you. I am not being douchey right now, I promise. I'm just stating facts. I have the number one book on the New York Times bestseller list that has sold 1.3 million copies in seven months. I've never, taken a ride, I've never taken a writing class in my entire life, ever. Every single thing that you want to know how to do exists for free at your library, on a podcast, on a YouTube video, and on Google. In an age of this much free information, ignorance is a choice. So I started on this journey with personal growth, and I started reading all of these things, and Dave was supportive because he could see that I was getting better. And then I decided to go to a personal growth conference. In fact, it was the same conference where Bean said that Sammy came home and all of us, all of us at work were like, we're on a juice cleanse. We don't need any animal byproducts. We don't need fried food. It was horrible. Um, but I had always wanted to go to a personal growth conference, and so I told my staff, hey, you guys, I'm going to do this thing, and if you want to go, I'll help pay your way, and we'll go together. So I think five or six of us go to San Jose and join a cult. And at least that's what it looked like to everybody else outside of our circle. But for those of us who were there, it lit our hearts on fire. We were so excited. We came back so awake and alive, and we had tools, and we were fired up, and we were drinking our water, and we were doing all the things. And I came back, and I was a monster. That's when I started waking up at 5 a.m. That's when I changed everything. I was like, here we go. And Dave hated it. Hated. And he'll tell you. He's going to come out and give his own version of this story. He hated it. And he didn't just hate it like, that's dumb. Like, he actively 
disliked it. I remember the big thing in our life was I wanted to get up at 5 a.m. so I could work out before my kids got up. Because um, if you're a mom, you have a thousand kids, like we have a thousand kids, it's hard to find the time. So I did the thing that a lot of people do, which is I'm going to pursue my dream, or I'm going to pursue my personal growth for myself as long as it doesn't bother you in any way. Anyone? Yeah. Uh, so we have this, this idea in our head that it's only okay to pursue a better version of ourselves if it doesn't bother our partner. We were deeply, deeply, um, oh man, just living so far up inside of each other that we couldn't, um, we we're very codependent, very codependent. And even worse, we were codependent and I was a people pleaser. Anyone people pleasers here? Yeah, praise the Lord, there we are. What happens when you're codependent and a people pleaser is that you won't do anything that might upset your partner. Because your job in that sort of relationship is to keep them happy no matter what, right? So I grew up in a, I grew up in a family where, no, I appreciate it, yes. All the women are responding, one dude. I, I like you, sir, thank you, yes, thank you. I grew up in a house where um, I had a dad who was um, really, really bad temper. And he was a preacher, so it was awesome because everybody thought our family was perfect and then behind the scenes, it was a nightmare. Uh, and what we learned from a very early age was you got to keep daddy happy. No matter what, you got to keep daddy happy. And so I walked into a marriage where I thought, i got to make sure this man is happy at all costs. So I come home from this conference, and I'm so excited, and I'm on fire, and he hates it. And for the first time in our relationship, I didn't care. For the first time in all the years we had been together, I was like, if you're unhappy, I'm sorry, I'm not going to stop. And I didn't shove it in his face, and I wasn't a shrew, and I wasn't like, oh, look at, look at me over here getting toned. Look at you. Look at you drinking that beer. Look at me with this lunge. I didn't do that. It wasn't about him, and it wasn't about them. It wasn't about what anyone else said. It was about me. A personal growth journey is supposed to be personal. See, too often, we see someone else changing, and we think that in order to change, we have to change like they do. So you see that your sister starts doing, you know, soul cycle, and you're like, well, if I want to get in shape, I got I to gotta do what she does. I've got to pay $47 for soul. Where's Chris? Yeah, yeah, your soul cycle classes are very expensive. They're worth it. You can have food this week, or you can go to Soul Cycle. Those are your choices. <laughs> but you do the thing like your sister's doing it. Meanwhile, you hate group exercise. You hate loud music. The, the studio's across town, and you can't afford it. So you do something for two weeks, and you fail, and you blame yourself. We do it all the time. We try and do something how other people do it. You see someone else in there, um, you really want to make money. You want to make a little, just a little side income. And so you decide that you're going to join the multi-level marketing group that your sister or your cousin or your friend is doing. You hate speaking in front of crowds. The idea of sales makes you want to puke. But they're doing it, and so it must be a good idea. Guys, your goal should be fixed. The person you want to be, that shouldn't change, but the methods that you use to get there, that is fluid. Your personal growth journey has to be personal to you. So we have to start there with the idea that if you want to be in relationship, if you want to have an awesome relationship, it's going to start right now with you. And the first thing that I'm going to ask is, do you know who you want to be when you grow up? Do you know? 
Yeah. Most people do not spend the time, once, once you hit this place, you got things to do. You got bills to pay. You got babies to raise. You got things to take care of. Very few people step back and look at their life and go, what's the trajectory here? Where do I want to go in business? Where do I want to go with my faith? Where do I want to go with my marriage? What kind of father or mother do I want to be in 10 years? What kind of single, not having children, that single is weird because it's a couples conference, I just realized that. But like, what have you thought of who you want to be a decade from now? You have to start there. If you don't know where you're going, how are you going to get there? If you aim at nothing, you will hit it every single time, right? So in business, as a business owner, they'll, also, they'll, they'll tell you, like, you can't work in the business when you own a business. Does that resonate with any business owners? You've got to work on the business. You have to be able to step back and look at your business from 50,000 feet. And right now, I'm going to challenge you to step back and look at your life from 50,000 feet. Who do you want to be? Okay? So we're going to do, brace yourselves, we're going to do a meditation. How you doing, cowboy? <laughs> Have you ever meditated before? Okay. If you haven't, think of it like guided prayer. If you've never prayed before, we have a pastor in the back who would, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. I'm just going to keep making weird, awkward church jokes, and the 10 of you who laugh, it's going to be awesome for us. Um, so um, if you've never prayed before, just uh, you're going to close your eyes, you're going to listen to the things, and you're going to imagine what I'm saying as I say it. Okay, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. No one's looking at you. If this needs to be a prayer between you and your creator, then let it be that. If this just needs to be me guiding you through an imagination, let it be that. Breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. Take three deep breaths. And we're going to start where we start all things, which is from a place of gratitude. I want you to take a moment and I want you to imagine a person that you feel deeply grateful for. A person in your life that you feel deeply grateful for. I hope it's your partner, because they're sitting next to you. It could be your mom, or a friend, or your baby. What is something you can feel deeply grateful for to the marrow of your bones? I want you to see it like that person's in front of you. I want to imagine, I want you to imagine an experience you've had with this person. A vacation you took, or a birthday party, or just sitting on the porch having a beer, what, give yourself a visual cue of the gratitude that you have for this person. Can you see it in your mind? Can you feel that gratitude in your heart? Now I want you to think of a place. A place that you've been. Something that you got to see or experience. A beautiful beach, a vacation, your home. This weekend here. A place that you got to go to that you can feel deeply grateful for that time. Don't overthink it. No one's looking at you. Stay in your own head. If you find your mind wandering, go back to your breath. Can you see that place? For me, it's Hawaii. We were in Hawaii. We got to swim with dolphins, and my boys got to ride a boat. See it. How did it feel to be there? What did it smell like? What did it feel like? Can you taste it on your tongue? Get it crystal clear in your mind, and let the gratitude 
for that blessing fill every single part of your body. From this place of gratitude, from this place of knowing how blessed you are, no matter what is going on in your life, no matter what is going on in your life, you are blessed in this moment. In this moment, sitting in this room, you are better off than 99% of the world's population. You are so blessed. Now, I want you to find something to be grateful for in something or someone that you have lost. Something that you have lost. You once had this and it's not here. You once had them and they're no longer with us. Let yourself feel it, but let yourself feel it through the lens of gratitude. They are no longer here, but they are here. They are no longer here, but in celebration of their life, you are living your life even if it's hard. This is the blessing. Feel the gratitude in, once, in what was there, even if it's not there anymore, even if it's hard. You are so blessed. You are so blessed to be here. But now you need to figure out where you're going. So in your mind, with this feeling of gratitude in your heart, I want you to imagine five years from now. Five years from now, where do you want to be? Five years from now, who do you want to be? You get to choose. No one's inside your mind. No one decides who you are. You get to choose. Do you have a better job? Are you retired? Are you wealthy? Do you spend your days working with philanthropic efforts? Do you spend your days painting? Do you spend your days showing up for other people? Five years from now, how are you living your life? Be specific, as detailed as you can possibly be. What kind of car do you drive? Where do you love to eat dinner? What kind of house do you live in? How do you speak to the people that you love? Do you have it clear in your mind? Can you see this person? Don't judge yourself. Don't overthink it and don't tell yourself to slow down. Go bigger. I want you to go bigger. I want you to take what you've already dreamed up and I want you to magnify it. 10 years from now, 10 years from now, how does the best version of you show up? How are you fathering your children 10 years from now? How are you showing up as a mama 10 years from now? How are you living your best life as a couple 10 years from now? What do you wear? What do you eat? Are you in shape? Have you let go of all of that crap that's been holding you down? 10 years from now, do you still want to be in this place? Because if the answer is no, then you have to decide that you can claim that future version of yourself and your relationship. If you don't know where you're going, how do you know how to get there? 10 years from now, the only thing standing in between you and this version of yourself is your willingness to stick with it? Is your willingness to stay here? Is your willingness to fight for what it is that you want? Can you see it in your head? Tell me audibly. Yes? yes. Is it clear? Yes. Does it kind of freak you out? It's so big. Because if it doesn't freak you out, then you're not dreaming big enough. You don't have to have a life that looks like mine. You don't have to want to grow a business. You don't have to want to write a book. The 10 years version of you could be the world's greatest mom. The 10-year version of you could be the world's greatest grandma, could be hanging out with your cats. It's not your version. It's not my version of more. It's your version of more. Do you have it? Yes. Open your eyes. 
Now, without thinking of it, get a note page right now and write down everything you just saw as fast as you can. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Those of you who are hesitating, stop hesitating. Write as fast as you can, like your life depends on. Don't make good sentences. Don't have nice handwriting. Everything you saw. The future version of me, the best version of me is. The way I want to show up is. The kind of woman I'm going to become. The kind of man I want to be does. What food do you eat? Where do you live? Where do you vacation? What do you drive? Is your relationship exceptional? Are you exceptional? Describe it. All right, come back to me. We got some ideas. We got some visuals. So I want to start here. It feels like there was more shame in that exercise for you than there was energy in that exercise. Does that feel accurate to some of you? Yes? A lot of tears. You guys, after months of waiting and a year of writing, my new book, Girl, Wash Your Face, is finally out in the world. I want to thank you so much, every single one of you who has bought the book on ebook or a physical copy or on audio. Your support means the world to me. And if you are listening to my podcast and you haven't yet bought the book, you're dead to me. No, I'm totally kidding. But I am serious about how important this book is. I keep talking about it because I sincerely believe there are tools in it that can help change your life. So if you have the $16, I want you to go buy it right now because you love your pal Rach. And if you don't, head to the library or borrow it from a friend. But if you care enough to listen here, you're going to love the wisdom inside of this book. Girl, wash your face. I promise you will not be sorry you did. So I want to have this conversation, because we need to, because every single crowd reacts to things in a different way, and this crowd, I can feel it in the room. So what is it? Why does, why does imagining the future version of yourself deplete you instead of energize you? Just shout it out. Yeah? Yeah. So he said, I think it's because you know you can be better, but you don't know how to get there. Does that sound right? Is that something that you feel like in this room, speak honestly, do you feel like you personally carry a lot of shame about knowing that you should be somewhere and you're not there yet? Yeah. Okay, so let's start here. You're in this room. You're in this room. You made a decision, even if it makes you feel uncomfortable, you made a decision to come here and work on yourself and your relationship. Do you know how many people follow me online? Literally millions. Do you know how many people could have afforded to be here? Do you know how many people could afford to be here, even lived in this city, so they wouldn't have had to travel, and they chose not to because it scares them? Because if they have to raise their hand and say that they want to work on themselves, it means that something's wrong with them. So listen to me well. You are worthy and enough as you are right now. Right now today, you are worthy and enough. We have got to let go of this shame, of this self-inflicted crap, that because we have space to grow, there must be something wrong with us right now. That is a lie. You should not feel shame because you haven't gotten there yet. 
You should only feel sad if you are 97 years old and sitting on your rocking chair and looking back at your life and saying, man, I could have been. I could have saved my marriage. I could have shown up for my family. I could have been the man I wanted to be. I could have been the woman I want to be. But I didn't show up for my life. I didn't try. Most people, hear me well, most people will not try. Because if they do the work, then they have to be honest about all the ways that they need to improve. Right? And that's scary. Let it go. Don't make me play the Frozen song. <laughs> we do that at our women's conferences. I didn't think that y'all were going to need it, but I will go there if we need some Elsa up in this room. <laughs> Knowing where you want to go just means that now you have a path. It's not supposed to be a reminder of all the ways that you're not measuring up, okay? Why else? Feel guilty for wanting more. Explain that to me. Why do you feel guilty? Yeah. Feel guilty for wanting more. Feel guilty for wanting. Yeah, she wants her business to make more money. Want a bigger? Yeah, it, it, there's a sense of guilt. Why? Let's dig into this for a second. Why? No, no, just her. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she's Baptist. No, no, tell me why. Because here's the thing. If you, it, I didn't explain this at the beginning, but if you talk, if you say things to me, I will, in the moment, do a therapy session with you. And here's why. Because she's going to say things right now that a lot of people in this room are thinking. So why do you feel guilty about wanting more for your life? Because it makes her feel like you're not grateful for what you have. And I think that your creator gave you potential. That is our gift from God. Our potential is our gift from God. What you do with that potential is your gift. That is your form of worship. That is what you give back to the world. The worst thing that I can imagine is that you don't step into who you're called to be because you're worried that that makes you selfish or that other people will think you're greedy. Your creator made you this way. He made you this way, or she made you this way, whatever you believe. You were made a certain way. You have skills and capabilities and things that you were supposed to offer this world. And so you're not going to step into them because it seems like you're asking for too much. Think of how many people in this world have stepped into a bigger role for their life and where we would be if these people hadn't done it. Guys, you are called for something more. This is literally the foundation of my business, if you don't know this already. You were made for more. Every single person in this room was made for more. And the incredible part about it is that there are women in this room who don't want to grow their business, who aren't interested. And that doesn't make you wrong. And that doesn't make them right. We are all, that's why we, we say it over and over, this idea of being in community with people who are not like us. Because we have got to get past this narrative that there is only one right way to be. We were all called for something different. We all have skills and gifts, and the idea that you would squander yours because you're worried about other people's perception of it. Is that, is that a possibility? Because most of the time, men don't usually say this to me, by the way. I've never had a man raise his hand and be like, I'm worried about wanting more, Rach. I'm worried about wanting a nicer car or a bigger home. 
No, men are, most men are like, let me see how far I can take this. And most women worry about other people's perception of them wanting more. Does that feel accurate to any women in this room? Most women, most women, not all, but most women, and this is, if you, are, if you are in partnership with a woman, this is really important for you to understand. Most women are taught that in order to be good women, they need to be good for other people. So if you're a good wife to your husband, if you're a good mama to your children, if you're a good girlfriend for your partner, if you're a good daughter for your parents, that makes you good. Most men are taught to, and you got your own bag of stuff, and don't worry, Dave's going to come out here and talk all about that. But here's what I know about women. Women are typically taught that they should care most about what other people think of their lives. From the time we're little girls, no matter what kind of parents you had, most parents gave you affirmation if you were, oh, she's such a good girl. And it wasn't when they thought you were a good girl, it was when other people thought you were good. Your daughter's so smart. Your daughter's so pretty. Your daughter's so well-spoken. And then your parents would be like, oh, yes, she is. And so you learned other people's opinions really matter. Does that resonate with any of you? Other people's opinions really matter. It's the number one question I speak all over the world. The number one question I get now is, you know, what, what do you do about other people's judgment? What do you do what other people think of you? How many people right now have someone in their life who's judging them for being at a personal growth conference? Who have never been to a personal growth conference? <laughs> Dude, if you are not, like here, let me give you all a gift right now. If someone in your life is better at you, or if they're better at the thing than you are, they get to give you advice. They do, as long as they do it in a loving way. If you're in business and you're better at this exact business, if you're better at it than I am, I would love to hear your thoughts. But my cousin, who's never owned a company in her life, but wants to tell me how to do digital marketing, can lock it on down, okay? Your mother-in-law, she's never been to a personal growth, never cracked a nonfiction book in her entire life, but she's judging you because you spent the money. That, you know, no, no, sorry, sorry, Pam. You don't get a, you don't get to comment. No, if someone in your life, if, if, if another, um, if, a, if a couple that you know is excelling in relationships or marriage or whatever, you're like, dang, that's the kind of couple we want to be. If they want to give you, yes, go to dinner with them, pick their brain, learn the things. But if they're fighting all the time and they hate each other, like, guys, you are taking advice from someone who does not know what they're talking about, number one. That's the first thing that happens. The second thing that, that happens is that you are letting the opinion of someone else who you probably don't even know. It's like the popular girls from eighth grade. Like, no, no, really. Like, you, you dig in with women, you're like, well, who would judge you? And like, oh, well, you know, I'm friends with Marissa on Facebook, and in eighth grade, you know, she stole David Guerra from me, and we are not, I'm actually telling you what happened in eighth grade with Marissa. <laughs> What are you doing? What are you doing letting someone else have an opinion in your life? You are here right now. You are here with a person whose opinion matters. Right now. This is it. Me and Dave, we're so grateful for our community. We are so grateful for our staff. It's us against the world, baby. So many times in relationships, we let all the crap come between us and our partner. 
It is not supposed to be life's crap in between you and your teammate. It is supposed to be the two of you, locked elbows, drinking vodka, walking towards the problem. That's what relationship is. It's like, I was, I, was at a, I was at lunch with a friend of mine last week and he was talking about his relationship and you know whether or not, he didn't know what it was gonna be and if he wanted to keep going and what, and first of all, I was like, well, if you don't know, you know. And he's like, no, maybe after time, maybe over years, I'm like, nope, brother, if you don't know, you know. Here's the thing, people think, oh, it's, um, you know, it's like the magical equation or they think like, if I only had the right person, if I only, even people, there are people in this room who in the back of their minds, they're like, you know, but if it was a different guy, right? If it was another woman, if it was someone else, maybe then. And what you're saying is, if it was someone else, maybe then I would be the person that I want to be if I was with someone else. If I was with someone else, maybe they could love me the way I want to be loved. Maybe they could love me the way I deserve to be loved. We start tricking ourselves into believing that the grass is greener somewhere else. The grass is greener where you water it. This is, this is marriage, this is relationship, all summed up right here in this. Is this the person that you want to be in the foxhole with for the rest of your life? That's the question. It's going to suck. It's going to be hard. There's going to be seasons that feel impossible. I know it because I know some of your stories and I know what you're walking through right now. And all it comes down to is, man, I don't know how. I have no idea how we're getting to that future version of ourselves, but I know that you're the person I want with me in this foxhole. I know that you're the person that I want to just, man, like I want to encourage you right now, guys, just keep hanging on to each other. It's, there's not a magical someone better. I mean, maybe you're in this room and your partner's an absolute jerk, and if so, let us know. Me and Hassan would take him out back. <laughs> Me, Hassan, and the cowboy, because that guy's rough. He'll mess you up. <laughs> maybe that's your story, but assuming that's not your story, because I don't think that you come into a space like this if you're an a-hole. I don't. I think if you're here, it means that you want to work on yourselves. And if you have a partner that's committed to working on yourselves, even if it was begrudgingly, you got a good teammate for the foxhole. Okay? So too often, we are looking at what other people think or what other people say or worried about someone else's opinion, and we're not living our life or living into our potential because we're worried about what they'll think of it. Yeah? Man, one of my favorite things I ever heard years ago, my pastor said, don't let someone in the cheap seats get an expensive opinion in your life. They are not the ones who are going to have to live with regret. They are not the ones who are going to get older. Like, did anyone, did anyone just go, holy crap, how is it? How? It's like the end of September. Did anyone just go, oh, it's September. Right? Y'all. Your life is passing you by. Listen to me. Your life is passing you by. 2018 went like that. True or not true? true. It's gone. And did any of you start 2018 and say, I, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get in shape. I'm going to show up. I'm going to, yeah, thank you. It's, it's going that fast. 
That fast, it's gone. And here's the other thing that I know for sure, and I know that there are people in this room who will understand what I'm going to say. Tomorrow is not a guarantee. Tomorrow's not a guarantee. I know that because I know there are people in this room who are dealing with insane, hard loss. And they know that tomorrow's not a guarantee. So you keep thinking you've got time. You keep thinking that you're going to get another New Year's to make another resolution, to be the man that you've always wanted to be. And that's just not how it goes. Maybe, maybe if you're lucky, by the grace of God, we all got to wake up today and come into this room and try and work on ourselves, but you don't know. True or not true? true. You gotta show up for your life. You've gotta show up for your relationship. You have got to, to stop allowing someone's opinion of you to color any part of who you are or how you want to show up in the world. Why else do you have shame? Why else do you have shame about the future version of you? When you see that vision, why does it make you cry instead of giving you energy? Yeah. Oh, my favorite topic! Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. She said, because I think I can't be a mom and do something for myself simultaneously. Does that resonate with any women in this room? First of all, there is a chapter in the new book just for you. <laughs> Secondly, oh, so many thoughts on this. Number one, how old are your kids? Yeah, so you got a lot. She's got 100 million kids. <laughs> <laughs> so that's first of all. Uh, so one of my favorite uh, stories I ever heard one of my favorite stories I ever heard was uh, I was at a conference and this woman said, imagine yourself as a glass vase, okay? This is usually for women, but brothers, you can do it too. Imagine yourself as a glass vase and you're sitting on a table and everything that you need is being poured into you. There's a pitcher of water and everything you need in your life is being poured into you. Um, good vibes and nutrients and food and energy and life and faith and all the good stuff is being poured into you. And what women tend to do is that we're like, oh, this is being poured into me. I'm just going to tip over. I've got to spill a little bit of this on my babies. I've got to spill this on my partner. I'm going to tip over here. I'm going to give some to my parents because they're older and they need my support. Oh, I'm, I'm going to come over here and I'm going to make sure that I'm volunteering at church and I make sure I'm volunteering at school. And you're doing all these things and you keep tipping over. And what happens to a glass vase if it keeps tipping itself over? It shatters. Now, Simultaneously, if you were a glass vase and you just stood tall and strong and you allowed yourself to receive all of the things that you need to function and be strong, what would happen to the water in the vase? It would overflow. When you go on an airplane, what do they tell you to do with your oxygen mask? Put it on yourself first. You cannot show up for anybody else. I don't care if you have kids or don't have kids. You can't show up for anybody else well if you're not taking care of yourself. It's why, it's why we start with the idea of personal growth. And I'll tell you right now, if you're here because you were hoping that Dave and I were going to poke your partner and talk some sense into them, let's do a therapy session with you, number one. But number two, you have to commit right now that you are as supportive of your partner's growth as you are to your own. I say that to the men in the room who might not realize how hard it is for women to try and pursue something for themselves. 
If you don't realize how hard it is for a lot of women to take time to go to the gym. Women, true or not true? To take time to feed themselves well, true or not true? To um, how much we'd appreciate, man, if you just plan us a freaking date night, true or not true? Where we don't have to figure out anything. I don't care if you take me to Taco Bell as long as I don't make the plans. Right? Right? Now, here's the flip side of this. Here's the flip side. Because this is not me saying, like, all men are evil. I'm not. I'm raising three. I'm raising four. Uh, no. I have three boys. I think men are incredible. And I'm so grateful for the ones who showed up in this space. So I'm going to say, we're going to challenge you. You know in a relationship where the disparity is. You know if one of you is struggling. And if you don't know that, then the partner who is struggling right now, you need to find the courage today to speak up and say, we're going to talk about core values later today and where you want your relationship to go. And one of our, the first core value for us is growth as individuals and as a couple. And that means that on the weekend, I'm going to take care of four kids by myself for the hour and a half it takes him to go to the gym. Two days on a weekend, I do that. And guess what happens? When he comes back, then he watches four kids by himself so that I can go to the gym. Because if we say that we're devoted to growth, it can't just be when it's convenient for us. If we say that we're devoted to our partner being encouraged, that means that we don't get to act like a jerk when he's like, hey, I wanted to go grab a beer with the guys. Is, that, is it cool if I go? And you're like, well, fine. I mean, I never see you, but it's fine, whatever. Your kids don't even know who their father is. It's fine. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, if he's doing that every day, we got to have a conversation. But if you're over here playing the martyr, because this is a thing that women do a lot, we're like, I'll just put my head down, keep working. I'll just be bitter Barbie. I'll do it all. I'll do it. No, it's fine. I'll pick them up. I'm fine. I'll make the dinner. No, 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 no. Yeah, you go have a beer. Meanwhile, here's a gift, ladies and gentlemen. Just tell them what you want. Just tell them what you want. Babe, like, I want to believe that there are some men in here who are so, I, I hate that I'm making this men and women. I hate that I'm doing it. So just say whatever applies to you. If, like, the woman in your life is way more masculine and she could actually beat you up, fella, cool, whatever. But just apply this to how it makes sense for your partnership. If they don't know, then part of the problem is that you're not telling them. They're not supposed to be a mind reader. That was nowhere in the, in, in the vows. That was nowhere on your match.com profile. <laughs> Can read minds. That was not written anywhere. Tell them. Tell them what you want in detail. By the way, this is also going to count later when we talk about intimacy. Hello. <laughs> Tell them what you want. Hey, um, my birthday's coming up, and uh, thank you so much. Uh, last year, when uh, you at the last minute said, hey, you want to go to Cheesecake Factory? Um, thank you for that. But actually, gifts are a really big deal to me. And it doesn't have to be expensive, but I, it would really mean a lot to me if I could have this gift. In our marriage, um, I did this for Mother's Day. So we have four children, and we have been foster parents for four children. That's eight children. Holy crap. And every year on Mother's Day, 
um, Dave's like so freaking sweet and they always like make me breakfast and they get donuts and they, they make me feel very special. He lets me take a nap. He lets me drink an entire bottle of white wine by myself. It's magic. But I really wanted jewelry, okay? I really wanted jewelry. Not every year, one time there was this necklace I really, really wanted. And there is a 0% chance that Dave Hollis happens to follow this gold necklace girl on Instagram who does my kids' initials on a gold chain. Zero percent chance. But come Mother's Day Sunday morning, I got my necklace, and guess what? It did not remove any, not one second of my joy that I had to tell him that that's what I was hoping for. Because he got to be the hero, which at the end of the day, man, that's all Dave wants. And I'm sure for most of you, that's all you want. You want to be that person for your partner. But you can't be that person for your partner if you don't communicate. It was the number one request for conversation that we got for this conference. The number two was sex. The number one was would we please talk about how to communicate. And communication, I think that people have this idea that it's like, make an appointment for Thursday at 7.30 p.m. and talk about all the bullet points of the things in your life. No, communication is every single day telling your partner what you need and making sure you're listening for what they need and then living out your days with the intention to show up for them and yourself in that way. Does that resonate? Yeah. All right. That is where we're starting today. That is our baseline for where we're going to go, is that this journey has to be personal. This journey should not be shameful. There's no part of this. It's okay to be sad about the realization or the loss or the things that you've left behind, but this is supposed to energize us. This is supposed to make us excited. And I will tell you, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to let you know right now, the morning will be the hardest part of this day. And I don't say that to scare you. It'll be the, when I say hard, I mean it'll be emotional. And for a lot of you, that's scary. And it's okay. You're gonna cry some big old man tears and some big old woman tears. We're gonna hold each other. We're gonna do trust falls with the cowboy. And then we're gonna all leave here better, okay? Okay? All right, it's gonna be the hardest part of today and it's gonna be awesome. Because what actually makes you stronger as a couple is surviving hard things intact. Right, guys? Right. There are couples in this room who have survived really hard things, and they're still hanging on to each other. And they have no freaking idea how they're going to get to the next step, but they're still hanging on to each other. And so today, we're going to walk through some hard things, and by lunchtime, we'll be through the hard stuff. And in the afternoon, we're going to have a great time. We're going to talk about sex, and they're going to pass out champagne. It's going to be awesome, okay? All right, so one more time. One more time, because we need to get this energy right. Get your hearts going. He's going to have, do we have a new song, Hassan? Oh, okay, give us, give us one that you feel like this crowd needs. You let me know. I'm going to just jog in place until it's great. Okay, ready? Hey guys, if you liked today's episode, I hope that you will subscribe to the Rise Together podcast. You will get a notification every single time we have a new episode comes out, which is every Thursday. And take a picture, a screenshot 
put it up on Instagram, tag Rise Together Podcast, put it out to all of tag the humans that you know. Tag us so we can see and we yeah. can say thank you. Man, let everyone know. And <laughs> if you don't like word. it, don't tell don't, anyone. Yeah, just keep that to yourself, sister. Please. <laughs>